Between January and March 2020, there were almost 907,000 COVID-related spam messages, a 148% increase in ransomware attacks and 350% increase in phishing sites. Vishal, what do you think about these numbers? What has really changed since the pandemic outbreak? One of the things which has happened is that COVID has actually uh, been a complete change of working environment from office to working from home. And that is seen by the fraudsters as an opportunity to go and attack and see whether we can exploit the fragility and the vulnerability that currently exists in the work from home or the, the transition that is currently happening. Coupled with that, we also have a situation where uh, COVID is a, a very trending topic. And so if you put anything related to COVID, uh, there is a more likelihood of somebody falling prey uh, to any social engineering attack. So these two things coupling together are seen as opportunity by the threat actors to exploit. And therefore, there has been an exponential rise in phishing attacks and ransomware attacks. And that's what we are going to explore in today's conversation. Welcome to the Knowledge Institute podcast, the Cyberbytes edition, where we talk about some of the company's key responses to cybersecurity threats in the COVID era. The topic today is new threat surface and remote workforce. I'm Yulia DeBerry, cybersecurity lead and podcast producer for Infosys Knowledge Institute. And today our first guest is Vishal Salvi. Vishal is senior vice president, chief information security officer and head of the cybersecurity practice at Infosys. He has over 25 years of industry experience in cybersecurity and is responsible for the overall information and cybersecurity strategy and its implementation across Infosys Group. He additionally is responsible for the cybersecurity business delivery. Vishal, your role is very unique and this makes your perspective very unique because you are both in charge of Infosys' own security as well as the security for our clients. I think it will be very interesting to know your experience and if you can go back in your memory to two months ago, how did the company respond to the lockdown measures and social distancing restrictions? What were the measures that you took and what was the main challenge of enabling employees to work from home? Yeah, so I think uh, when we were looking at the pandemic unfolding, uh, one of the things that we uh, decided early on as a part of our uh, broader organization crisis management team was that we are looking at uh, eventual lockdown. And so we started preparing for uh, that scenario well in advance. With 220,000 employees and plus some additional subcontractors, it is a very challenging and a massive task to look at an eventual lockdown of our development center, some of them housing more than 42,000 employees and required a lot of planning, you know, both in terms of enabling uh, the remote access infrastructure to be scaled up to be able to have, you know, all the 220,000 employees to work from home, but also in terms of how do you uh, create the necessary infrastructure which is required for such a massive shift, which was never a scenario which was planned for, nor was the infrastructure stress tested previously. 
the easy part was really to upgrade the backend technology infrastructure in terms of the concurrency of remote access to the increase in the bandwidth. And then we had to then quickly look at how many were mobile users having laptops and how many actually had desktops. And so we were looking at eventually having a large number of desktops to be also provisioned for them to be secure as well as being able to have connectivity to work from home. And and also ensure that they are dispatched before the lockdown is called out for. And that was a massive exercise, which was orchestrated by all the different teams coming together, whether it is our HR, whether it's our technology teams or our delivery teams, and ensure that such a massive activity was carried out, which I'm very proud of because eventually, before the lockdown was called out, we were 85% enabled to work from home. And as we speak right now, we are at 96% working from home. So um, that's really how we executed that. And all of these activities were executed in a short span of two and a half to three weeks. Julia. Yeah, thank you. And another question comes to my mind. Were there any challenges from technical perspective? Like, for example, scaling the VPN capacity. How did it go for Infosys? And... In general, how is the company dealing with this expanded fat surface that is a result of remote working? Yeah, so, you know, so scaling the VPN and remote access infrastructure, because Infosys is not new for the concept of working from home, we already had Infosys having the ability to work from home for a, at least one third period of the month, right? And so we had the necessary security models in place and what we had to do was to scale it up but otherwise it was a very secure model available now what we saw was the sharp rise of the attack which was unprecedented and so we not only had to get our security monitoring and security controls working in this new normal of working from home but also we had to quickly respond to this uh, changing threat landscape and so Uh, We had to quickly identify the new risks, identify how do we articulate, how do we understand, how do we make them visible, how do we analyze them, and then how do we make sure all the stakeholders, whether it is a leadership board, uh, technology teams, customers, delivery teams, and uh, business teams coming together to deciding on a strategy of how we are going to attack it because it requires, again, the whole power of the organization to once they understand it, to be able to do it. So it was not about the security team working in silos and trying to fix something. It's all about identifying, analyzing, and making it visible to every individual, every stakeholder in the organization. And then in a very calibrated manner, executing its implementation. And that's really what we were doing in terms of being clinical, in terms of how we go and execute Uh, all of these programs in terms of improvement, but also how do we make it more agile, more accelerated, because the speed is the essence. And so that's really what we have been doing. And we are fairly comfortable in terms of what we had, what we have right now, and in terms of the roadmap that we are having in terms of how we are going to keep on improving the security. Because security is all about being aware, sensing what's happening around you, and then making sure you have a clear and decisive plan in terms of the execution. 
awareness on cyber hygiene has never been so important as they are today, and especially now with so many people working from their homes, connected to their home networks, remote work completely changes the dynamics and rules of the game. So employees who work from home don't really have the required firewalls or network-based intrusion detection systems or any really other defenses that corporate network can provide. So if before COVID-19, less than 10% of workforce worked remotely, today it is 100%. Now, can you recommend some precautionary measures that people can follow to be safe from the numerous attacks that are happening today? Yeah, so before I talk about that, and that's an excellent point, right? So I think uh, if you look at the history of information security and cybersecurity, attackers always wanted to go and hack into your network, hack into your applications and servers. And and when security started getting bigger and and better, it was easy to, rather than break the locks, to actually go for the keys. And guess what? The keys are actually with the users, right? So so therefore, it's quite natural that you will go and... uh, you know, find out various means which are much easier to go and get the keys rather than break the lock. So that is one. And the reason it is easier is because, you know, if you look at uh, the whole history of humanity, dealing with uh, digital and bits and bytes is a fairly new phenomenon, right? It's, it's only 50 years old. So humans are not able to adapt to the way computer technology interact with you because Fundamentally, we are conditioned to behave very differently, right? If you see some fear, uh, some uh, danger coming your way, you then you get out of your bed because it's very physical and computer systems do not allow you to do that. And that's the reason why a lot of people are more gullible and they don't really see a danger when they see an email or a fish. In fact, the lures are actually attracting them to fall prey more than actually otherwise, right? So... Those are fundamentally two reasons why social engineering attacks have significantly reason. And um, it's an issue of awareness, you know, in terms of how do you engage your ecosystem, engage your students, your, uh, you know, parents and the whole ecosystem citizens to make sure that they understand how to navigate this information highway uh, called Internet and are, are aware of the pitfalls and are able to take right decisions. But it's also about a challenge to security professionals like us to error-proof as much as security as possible, right? So that you don't allow a phishing mail to actually reach the user. If it is even reaching, you make sure there is a security wrapper around that and so on and so forth. So when we actually deal with this, there is a a defense in depth kind of a mechanism that is put in place because 90% of the breaches or the incidents that have happened have actually email and a fish as its initial vector for an attack to be successful. So when you ask me this question about what are the things that people should keep in mind, there are some fundamental things, right? You have to be present. We have this message called think before you click, right? And I think it's very, very important. The second thing is there are no free lunches. And you need to understand that if anybody is giving you anything free, whether it's an app on your mobile phone or uh, some website which is giving you songs, you have to look at it with a huge amount of suspicion. Uh, none of the banks, I was a CISO of a bank for many years, none of the banks will ask you any information about yourself which they already know. 
if they already have your account number, why would they ask your account number? And any email which is sounding urgent and asking you to do something, it's a simple thing is to call that person on the phone rather than, you know, respond immediately because you're not obligated to do that. And there's a last one, which is uh, people actually fish some of your credentials and some of your information, uh, which you have perhaps shared on a social network or somewhere else, and then use that information to send you a phishing attack, which looks very credible. And you can, again, fall prey to that because of the credibility of that attack. So you should not even fall for that. These are some of the few things that you should keep in mind. And if you do some the basics right and you show your presence of mind, you can stay away from such social engineering attacks. So here we come to the end of our conversation. Can you leave our listeners with one major insight on what the future holds for us in general and in terms of cybersecurity? I think in general, I call this as an in-between era, right? From the pre-COVID to a post-vaccine kind of a scenario is, is an in-between era and it can be anything between 12 months to 24 months. And so I think the humanity will learn to live with the virus for some period of time. What I hope we don't have to do is to deal with a computer virus. But I think the most, most important message that I would like to give is that cybersecurity now is a fundamental mainstream requirement. And it has to be embedded in organization strategy in terms of how you deal with these threat landscape by having cyber as a foundation and fundamental element of your strategy and your day-to-day activities. And once you do that, you would be able to ensure that you are able to future-proof your organization from such attacks. You can go with the confidence uh, that is required for you to be able to do this adoption of this digital, which has been such a powerful force to allow people to work from home. And we are now looking at staring at very large, massive, sharp rise of the next transformation of digital because we will continue to have this in-between era and cyber is going to be a strong foundation for that. Vishal, thank you for your time and the highly interesting discussion. Everyone, you can find details on our show notes and transcripts at infosys.com slash IKI in our podcast section. You have been listening to the Knowledge Institute, the Cyberbytes edition, where we talk about some of the company's key responses to cybersecurity threats in the COVID era. And until next time, keep learning and keep sharing.